Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Well, guys, the Kraken are here. The 32nd NHL franchise is around. The broadcast sucked. We all knew what was happening. We will talk about that and a lot more stuff today. Two-on-one podcast. I'm Adam. Alex, how are you? Not too bad. How are you? Fun, Daniel. You yourself, you good? Hi, Daniel. Welcome to Thirty Two the podcast. It's not Thirty Two podcast. <laughs> not Thirty Two thoughts. I was gonna say Thirty Two thoughts, but like I don't want to get sued. I have a question for uh, Adam. Sure. Okay, so we we talked last night. Obviously, well, we watched that wonderful broadcast. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did you get a response? No. From none of them. None of them. No. Oh, for five. Five. IDM. <laughs> for those of you who do not know, I got so bored during the expansion draft. Like, listen, Alex and I have both DM'd Friedman before, and we've gotten very quick responses. That's pretty good with fans. So I sent him, Sarah Valley, Jeff Merrick, and two others DM saying, where are these side deals that we were promised? None of them got back to me, probably because there were none. <laughs> they were like, working they were, we did, we, they, they drank their work hours so b- before we get to that so we have a lot to talk about there were some trades once the 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 roster freeze stopped mike smith and the oilers that's pretty fun uh some chl news we're going to talk about the bucks for a little bit um detroit pulled off a great move steve eiserman you're hilarious arizona all of a sudden have some draft capital that's pretty sick but, but actually, first, before we go to Seattle and we just rip apart that broadcast and we have a nice little debate about the insiders versus the NHL and who's at fault about what happened yesterday. Um, the real story of the week, forget about expansion in that. Lucas Prokop, the first ever NHL contracted player, because I believe uh, plays for the Hitman right now in the Nashville organization overall, um, came out as gay. Uh Wicked stuff. Um, we've only seen, I believe there was a Q player, I think it was last year or just a, during the pandemic, it's been so long, um, that came out as well. Um, a great way, I think Kyle Dubas addressed in his media today, a great way to start the week and um, wanted to make sure we opened the show with that because um, it's cool. It's great. The courage to say that, you know, sometimes we talked about hockey isn't, it, it says it's for everyone that sometimes it really doesn't feel like it is. Um, but even if some would call this a small step, it is the first step nonetheless. And the first step is oftentimes the most important one. Yeah. I, I just, it's, it's an awesome thing to see and to see not only the, the league, but the, the, even the players themselves, because the players tend to be very quiet Mm-hmm when when they aren't specifically hockey things and to see a lot of them come out and not even just Nashville guys but guys from around the league was was a really good sign uh to me and and hopefully you know this is a 
this is just a great opportunity to honestly prove hockey is for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, It it gives me um, like what I liked what Alex said, which is it was kind of a league wide response to it in terms of the positivity that you saw there. And it really does kind of remind me of when we had Richard coffee on the show, when he would talk about like those certain sentiments or there's certain things that the NHL would do, but it would just kind of like, all right, what are you going to go beyond with that? Where he mentioned like the pride nights. And I think something like this uh, is a, is really an example with social media on that. It's, it is something that it's not often spoken about as much as you want, like in sports overall, but especially in hockey, mm-hmm. but it is something that, okay, now there's a bit of a conversation on this. Let's keep this momentum going. Pretty sure during the season, they had their pride month and they were celebrating straight people. And it was, it was um, the NHL um, again, first step, uh, keep up the momentum, please. Um, because they, uh, they don't have great history with it, um, but you love to see it a uh, great way. We talked about something great. Let's talk about something. That's not the expansion draft. So lists were due. Um, it would have been 10 a.m. to the league, the day of the expansion draft. I would say we knew by 1.30 Eastern, we knew 29 of the 30 names. The only reason we didn't know the last one is because apparently Dennis Chalowski, they tried to get hold of him. He was Detroit's pick, and they couldn't. Maybe he was napping or something. Um, but it was all leaked. It was It was terrible, and there was a promise. There was a lot going on about there would be side deals, try and make sense of some of Seattle's picks. And we're going to go a deep dive into that in a little bit here. Uh, the, the big problem is there were no side deals. And even then we were told, okay, so today after 1 PM, it is by the way, 537 right now, Eastern again, there's going to be the trades then announced then. And there weren't, there was, um, what was it? Tyler Pitlick flipped for a fourth to Calgary. Yep. Yeah. We're going to get into the exact of, of what this means for Seattle, how they maybe did compare it to Vegas as well in a second. First off, who do you guys blame? Do you blame the inside? Frank Saravelli? <laughs> how are you? Do you blame the league? Do you blame, is, is it, do you blame the, the fish market in Seattle? I don't know. Maybe the leaks really came from there all along. The fish they're throwing about. Well, we did see a leak of some footage, but yeah. What do we call it? The Sev bombs, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. bombs, Sarah will, bombs. We'll come up with a name. We'll yeah, because like the Woj bombs, and then now, yes, because like he was on top of it like crazy. Um, I remember, I think there was a few people who said that they knew this was gonna happen. There were a lot of like student journalists saying that that they closed off social media for the night, so they actually watched the expansion draft. But yeah, I, I don't know. When it comes to this, like I, I already had this feeling that this was going to happen. I remember when I was doing an article on Matt Dumba and what his future was going to be like in Minnesota before, you know, we had the entire season of buyouts and Ron Francis was already quoted on so many articles that he knows teams were prepared. He knows that it is, it is a different circumstance now compared to how it was four years ago. And that's the same thing now. It's just kind of like, I, I really feel like with who was protected and who wasn't, there is more willingness now to teams saying like, Hey, you know what? I risk like, we'll risk it. Take the guy if you want him, because I'm looking back on, on all of the side deals that happened in the previous expansion draft. And remember what was it? It was, they protected Tobias Enstrom 
and they gave up like yes. the pick that became Nick Suzuki. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. You know, I, I look at it, right? And it's like, that's their job. I get it. Alex, who do you look to blame for what happened with those leaks? Well, first, I'd like to point out how interesting it was who the le- who most of the stuff came from. Uh, yeah. Someone not from Sportsnet. And uh, who broadcasted the event last night in Canada? Sportsnet. Uh, so it was, <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling they, the guys at Sportsnet, like CJ and Friedman broke a couple of things, but it wasn't until after Saravelli broke it. So mm-hmm. I think for those guys, it was more, yeah, we got to do our job because if Saravelli is breaking it, we have to as well in a way. But I think there's blame on both sides. It's like from the NHL's perspective, you have to know this is happening. They're, they're literal jobs. They're called insiders. They're going to get this information, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so this either needs to be better planned out. Like I, I cannot remember what happened during Vegas, but I don't remember it being like this. I really don't. I heard that too. It was like people saying Vegas leaked everything. I, I kind of, I was thinking back and I realized I didn't have Twitter back then. So right. that's true. That's a good point. The things that bro- I remember that broke for me for Vegas were actually the trades that happened. And then what led to like the pick, for example, like the, like Eric Halla getting picked for Minnesota was already kind of known because you're like, there's another deal in place where like Alex Tuck goes to Vegas as well in exchange right. for protecting McDubba and like Jonas Brodine. Just weird stuff, man. Uh, I'll tell you my, my certain thoughts on this is you remember when Vancouver, like the Canucks had their big, ooh, the, 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 the not happy right now. Um, so you're about Vancouver. When, that's why. Sorry. Cause you're talking about Vancouver. Exactly. He's like, grr, they're going to do something dumb in free agency. Cause Benning's apparently going to be active. Oh no. Grr. Uh, so like I, Oh, it's cause the neighbors walking their dog. That's great. So what I don't really like is thinking back to when the Canucks had their COVID outbreak. You remember how there was a whole thing of leave the players alone and the media weren't very happy with how the Canucks were handling things. And it was, what was cited was public interest. Mm-hmm. And on the show we talked about what is public interest. And we don't even know. One of us is, is a, is a journalism graduate. Two of us are going into our final year. I still don't exactly know what to say what public interest is. That's one of our news quizzes. Yeah, and, Public interest and news values. Exactly. It's just it, subjective. Sorry, it is. So if, if I now look at, at what the public interest was, if I was trying to define it for the expansion draft, it was hyped up and we were all waiting years, literal years yeah. for this. I wanted to be surprised. And this thing of stay off Twitter Man, what else can you? I know things are opening up finally, especially in Ontario. But like, what would you want me to go and do? <laughs> are you serious? Stay off Twitter. <laughs> We're in the social media age. I, Shut up. I have a Twitter addiction. Leave me alone. Like, what are you? What are you talking about? Stay off Twitter. That's not how this works. You think it's tw- okay, just, You can't just disconnect yourself. It's not easy. How dare you try and? If you went on CNN, uh, not CNN, obviously. CNN. If you went on CP twenty four. They were leaking it too. They were reporting Everyone on it. Everyone was leaking it. Now, obviously, the league are at fault because if you give Freeman in that, like, what was it? Um, 
10 hours yeah. they're gonna find out but yeah. don't you all dare try and blame the league at the same time here like public interest was shut up and let it because you ruined the show and then not to mention everyone i even I, I tuned into tim and friends right um and them saying and mike fuda was on how is he not hired by the way we were every time we mention mike fuda we have to mention why is he not hired i look right i get Calgary, fire to living already. Like, <laughs> I look at Buffalo. My like, God. So on that broadcast, right? They were like, hey there, side deals. And there were those tweets about guys. And see, I saw people like CJ retweet them. You yeah. can still watch the expansion draft because there's going to be side deals. And there was nothing. And the most interesting part of those those picks was 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 like Marshawn Lynch unable to say Cali Yarncroke. He's just like, Boy, boy, Callie. And he didn't know how to say it. Or who would like the footballer, the American footballers who were like, I, I, how, when they were trying to say Jonas Donskoy, how did he say it again? I have it here. Jonas, like, Donskoy. Like, it was, it was two people who clearly never watched hockey butchering the pronunciation of a few players. That was the highlight of the expansion draft. And it was, I think, it was like a heat daddy or, 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 or um, hockey images that preceded disaster tweeted like um, Kevin Weeks doing all this mileage and like all the pre-shot stuff for just for Frank Saravelli to ruin all of it. <laughs> but like the memes of like Frank Saravelli knows what you're getting for Christmas now. It just felt so rude, man. Like the disappointment too of like the, the lack of side deals. And that's why I kind of want to transition now looking at the draft itself and for Seattle because if you look back at Vegas, we've mentioned it, the the picks they got to, okay, if you take Carlson and you take the, I think it would have been the David Clarkson deal, here's a first rounder from this team, from that team, Anaheim, have Shea Theodore. Uh, it was Vegas's ability to take over and, and, and sort of expose how dumb some GMs really are that set Vegas up to this day. They were benefiting from those. Um, Seattle did not do that. Um, GMs, yeah, Francis said that they were prepared. I mean, you've also had a couple of years to get ready for this, Ron. And I do wonder if at the end of the day, and this go, we're going to talk about a trade involving the Coyotes uh, a little later on with uh, Shane Goss' bear. And uh, the Flyers GM, I think it's Chuck Fletcher, right? I almost there's there's a few Fletchers in the league. It's a close knit uh, community. It's Chuck, yeah. It's Chuck, yeah. I think it's just like his dad or uncle or something works for the Leafs. I think it's Cliff. Oh, his dad was Cliff. It is yeah. Cliff? He's not. He's still yeah. with us. He's worked with the Leafs for like fifty years. It's like who was the one? Wasn't there a Fletcher who worked for Minnesota? They're that's everywhere. Chuck. Yeah, no, that's him. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. Chuck Fletcher, the one who signed Matt Zuccarello. No, that, no was that, was, that was Paul Fenton. Oh, okay. Fletcher was the one who signed the Parisian suit. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Good, good, good. I, so anyway, man. what he said in regards to dumping Goss's Bears contract was, I paid, and it was a second and a seventh. Seattle were charging me a lot more. And I feel like maybe Seattle really set the price too high and didn't back down, whether if that's his principles or wh- or whatever from Francis, and that really cost Seattle look at the expansion draft. I I think it did ca- cost him at the expansion draft, but what I do go look at is what Ron Francis built in Carolina, uh, and I say, okay, uh, he's done it right. You say what you want about Carolina and their lack of. Their, their struggles when it comes to beating Boston, when it comes to beating the top-end teams. 
but he's essentially put that team together for the most part. So I, I, I also just don't think this is over. Uh, there is going to be plenty of cap uh, cap strap teams this year. And there's a lot of teams who they've reported are going to be on internal caps, including the Arizona Coyotes who have like an internal cap of $65 million or something ridiculous like that. So I think it was high. I do think uh, now that his, now that he's essentially lost a lot of leverage, um, I do believe that his work isn't necessarily over. I think there's more to come for this team and, that we're still looking like we're less than a week away from free agency now. So they could be making moves in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think they're going to do something. I think with the players that they've been able to get, it's not exactly like replicate again, the Vegas success of what you're going to get out of certain guys. But I think that there is potential to see with, okay, what do we have? But at the same time, like what I mentioned this like a while ago, but, I, I called the Mark Giordano pick. I kind of knew that was going on because there was like rumblings where apparently they want him to be like the idea of what the leadership is moving forward with whatever they want to build there. And I, I agree. Like, I think we, we knew this already salary cap, like the salary space was going to be the biggest, most attractive thing in the off season. But we're not going to talk about picks. We're not going to talk about the big name guys because there were so many big name guys like Seattle hypothetically could have picked and they didn't go for it. And I think that now they're going to go for flexibility and try to build something there. The one thing that really surprised me was Jake Bean not getting picked. That was the one thing because I thought he was a really big Ron Francis guy. A lot of people uh, were throwing mud at and said they go Morgan Geki, which is a very strange one. You talk about it. So uh, the cap hit for Seattle in total, $52 million, uh, Obviously, some spare change after that, but $52 million cap hit. They've got $28.9 million in cap space. Um, right now, I will just quickly screen share, and I will, I will get up the official Seattle Kraken expansion draft picks. If you're looking at this and you can check out the YouTube, um, if you like along to see our beautiful faces and the list, or obviously at home, pick it up. You can find it pretty easily online. If you just Google it, looking at some of these names, you're like, ah, all right. Who exactly is Carson Transky? And it just speaks, and you're like, I don't like. Listen, I like to think the three of us know hockey pretty well, and at least we have a pulse at worst on every team in the league. Uh, however, uh, this is just pure, pure proof of just how Seattle, like Ron Francis said, the day of the roster freeze, they want to stick to the closest the cap as possible, um, including if it sacrifices. Like I could have. I don't know a guy who's a bit more value like JVR or Voracek out of Philly instead. Carson Transky try and take a risk of getting Tarasenko from St. Louis. Oh, you may have to retain. You don't really like that. Go with the young guy and Vince Dunn. That was solid. Those... Sorry. That was solid. What Vince Dunn? Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I would have gone with him at the end there. Um, big story. We can quickly touch on this. The Leafs lose Jared McCann, not Travis, Dur- not Travis Derman. No, of course no, not. Um, I meant Kerfoot. to say uh, not Alex Kerfoot, like the leaked fish video indicated. <laughs> um, and in Montreal, to the relief of a certain someone on this podcast, <laughs> ignoring my background, uh, Carrie Price was not claimed um, 
obviously a little later we can talk about Dubas and Bergerman. They both spoke today, but also looking at the rest of this list, they're not going to be fun to play against Vegas. I mean, um, Seattle. They just have a lot of mean dudes. Uh, I, I just I want to go back just one second quickly on like sure. the team they actually picked because I see a lot of people saying you know how meh it is. Uh, it's not going to be this. And and I look. And listen, I'm not saying they're going to be Vegas. I'm not saying they're going to make the cup final. That's not what I'm suggesting. But was the reaction after Vegas not – it wasn't fantastic. I Like remembering what people were yeah. saying about the, about the Golden Knights, it, it wasn't, oh, my God. Like the standout pick was Marc-Andre Fleury, obviously. But mm-hmm. William Carlson did not have the reputation – that he had at the time uh, like th- that James Neal had a good season and then kind of left Jonathan Marsh. So jo- yeah, Jonathan Marsh so was good, but I think he took multiple steps when he entered Las Vegas, same with Riley Smith. I-, I-, I just think there's the opportunity for some guys to really improve and really impress in this roster and it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world because those guys that you look at tend to be on the younger side not to mention uh, a good number of these guys are gonna get flipped if you look back at vegas okay who did they pick out of this clayton stone timu pukinen colin miller was one like carrier still there but like Derek Anglin, remember that connor brickley trevor van reamsdyke pickard never played a game uh griffin reinhardt remember that um, Brandon Still waiting Leipzig. on him. Sorry? Still waiting on Griffin Reinhardt. Yeah, uh, you look back. Alexi Yemelin, who I'm pretty sure they flipped long, like not long yeah. after. Oscar Lindbergh, who we all forget is a thing. And like, how many teams did he play for? David Schlemko, who they like flipped right after. Do you guys remember who they picked from Tampa Bay that year? Oh, Jason the, Harrison. There you go, yeah, because it was uh, the big contract guy. Oh, just, and... And they gave up. Oh, I have it here. They gave up uh, Nikita Gusev, right? And, yeah, Nikita Gusev. But yeah, Jason Garrison. You just think back and it's like, man. So quickly, um, what did you guys, what, if you look back at some of the, I guess we can say the storylines of Seattle and that draft altogether, what are some of your favorite storylines coming out of it? Because for me, I, I will say, um, I do kind of love the fact that Adam Larson took the exact same contract that Edmonton gave him and said, all right, I'll oh, do that with you, yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Uh, that one, I, I re- it was obvious in my eyes, but I do think bringing in Mark Giordano is a, is a huge story. And like, mm-hmm. I think Francis did mention it last night. If they're talking about captains, he's automatically in the conversation. Um, and then the la- the second one for me was bringing in both Flurry brothers. Yes. Now all Flurries in the NHL have been through the expansion draft. That's You've funny. stolen that one from me as well, oh, uh, sorry, Daniel. Sorry, what what about you? I think for me is just when they talk about cap space, what they actually spent their money on were guys that they knew were going to be a good locker room presence for both the young guys that are going to come in that they got, the guys that they're going to get in the draft, but the potential other players they're going to get in free agency or through trades, like there's a good stability of like a leadership group there. And the second thing is Jamie Olesiak, because I am really happy that he finally got his big payday. You know, remember when he kept going back for like between Pittsburgh and Dallas for like the exact same fourth round pick. <laughs> and you're like, where does he fit? And then the second time he's in Dallas, 
he develops into like you know a legitimate like top four guy depending on what stats you look at and i'm happy for him sure man uh it's really funny once he got traded i went on twitter and there were about four consecutive tweets saying congratulations to Penny's brother. I was like, man, poor guy. Uh, something, I really, that's a cool storyline. I thought day of, um, I, of course, mad, mad at Frank Saravalli for being so good at his job. Sim eight, smart insider, man, Steve Dangle, breaking the John Quinville selection from Chicago. I and, love it so much. And the Max Dome and them not uh, Columbus, not or Seattle, not taking Max Domey. That's another but, name like, for the Col- the Columbus pick. I don't know. Who, I didn't know who that was beforehand. I don't think many of us did. Hold on. I, who was it again? G- Gavin Bayreuther. Uh, so every time I look at that name, I just think of Johnny Fairbrother. Is <laughs> 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 that where we are now? Are I'm we? waiting on that guy. He's going to be a big part of Montreal's future. He's like 21. Yeah, give him some time. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> So same. I'm excited to see what he does for the team. Uh, and then I guess one little note: Yanni Gord, of course, selection might be their first time center. We'll miss time, shoulder surgery. That's unfortunate. Um, interesting to see what Yanni Gord's like in the top six role. It's been a big storyline with him lately. Uh, All right, guys. Yeah. Can I just talk? Add on to something Daniel said. Sure. So Daniel brought you brought up um, the leadership, like. The guys they selected not only were young guys per se, but also guys who have a locker room presence. And I think like no matter what direction that Seattle goes. And I think that's like that that's huge because if you look at rebuilding teams, the one that succeed the most are the ones that already have a built-in culture or built-in leaders within the room. You look at Tampa Bay, you look at um, Boston, you look at Montreal, like, the ones that haven't necessarily succeeded in Buffalo, Edmonton, and Toronto yet, hopefully, they were missing an extremely important part of building a team, building a club, and that's having a culture. And Boston's going to have no problem rebuilding. They have the pieces there because Bergeron and those and Marshawn and Krejci, maybe they'll be on the back end of their career. They might not be playing top line minutes, but they'll be there with the young guys. And I think that's immensely important. And looking at this roster, looking at a Larson, looking at a Tanev, looking at it, or Giordano, my God, like there's guys in that room, Jordan Eberle. It just, it's like, okay, we're building this the right way. Underrated, by the way, I, can't believe that the Islanders lost separately for nothing. Yeah, that is a, a, a terrible loss for them. You know who's a goalie who a, a fascinating career, and I know he's a bit of a meme, but my goodness, if you look at Mike Smith, like on like he works his way in the queue, you know, like has a good couple of years in the AHL and that, like a good solid three four years. Gets the break with Dallas, a couple of years in, in Tampa Bay. Phoenix even has a bit of AHL stints in there. Arizona picks up his game. Calgary, we all like to forget about it. Um, he's two seasons with the Oilers. First, a little down. An amazing season this year. Uh, wasn't great in the playoffs. Wasn't the reason they lost, but still, you'd expect more after he was like north of nine, a nine, like I think it was like nine, 23 in the regular season. Amazing stuff. The problem with Mike Smith is because he's had so many miles on him and he's played for so long, 642 regular season games, he's 39. So 
I don't think any of us would have had a problem with them bringing him back, per se. He gets a two-year extension, though. $2.2 million, which isn't terrible for some... Like, if you look at the goalie market, 2.2 for a starting goalie might not be that bad. He's your starting goalie. And see, there are two problems with this, though. We don't know what's going on with Miko Koskinen. If they're going to buy him out, if it's James Neal, who knows? And Edmonton, the way they're spending their cap, it's going quickly and quickly. And who knows what's happening with Zach Hyman. As of right now, that's not confirmed, but maybe we'll touch on it a little later. I don't understand why you have to give 39-year-old Mike Smith a second year. Because it's Ken Holland. Why? That is a very good point. Mike Smith was on an Olympic roster, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was the cool. first goalie. There it is. Hockey Canada. Okay, so they have $9 million in cap space. They're going to have $4 million after gonna, the Hyman stuff. And then, okay, so let's they're going to buy out Miko Koskinen. Like, I think they didn't buy him out the first time because they needed a goalie exposed. Mm-hmm. So that's an extra... Three million dollars this year, so they're back at seven. If I can do math correctly, mm-hmm. how are you adding to this team? Like we're talking in Toronto about adding with ten million dollars. How are you going to add with what you have? Like you also have to. So they're not. I believe Ken Holland said today they're not qualifying Jujar Kara or Dominic Cahoon. Ooh, okay, that's what. Yeah. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto's up. You have to, if you want, unless you're going to go out and sign someone else, bring back Tyson Berry. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you improving this team? Uh, and he like, has leverage now, I think. Who? Yes. Tyson Berry? Tyson Berry? Because he's like, look at, he's like, look at your right side now. That's a good oh, point. Yeah. And he also can get, like, there's a team out there who will give him the deal that he wants. Four by five. What, if that's five. what it is, yeah. I'm sure there's a team out there who will will give it. Um, but I, I just I don't see how are you going to make this? How are we working here? They're going to get more guys again that they're going to expect that it's going to they're going to expect it to be like the Florida situation that I think that they're going to say, hey, let's try to get guys that are going to pay they're going to play above their pay grade, going to play above what we're going to sign them to. But the thing is, that's been the theme the whole time where we look at who they put in the top six. Like Tommy Cahoon was pretty solid. So I'm not really sure why they're not re-signing him. Haven't they tried that already? Like they brought in Kyle Turris for cheap and unfortunately it just didn't work. Josh Archibald's playing in the top six at one and a half million. Uh, They brought in Tyler Ennis. Like they're, they've tried that already. Like (laughs) they got it. Like, I, I don't know what they have to do. But $7 million in cap space and you still kind of have to figure out your bottom six. Questions. And then if they do, is it going to be Stuart Skinner as your backup? Do you go another route? Because like, obviously like Mike Smith has to have a quality backup. He has to have Yeah, probably. He Um, should be, he should be, you know what I mean? He should be the quality backup. Yeah. Yes. Like yes. he should be like at least a one B. Like that should be the situation. Exactly. Cool. It's like same thing. Older guy, but still like a lot of lot of gas. Exactly. Still. Yeah. Good player, Mike Smith. But it's just, just figure it out, man. And by man, I mean Ken Holland. What are you doing? Get Big David some help, please. That's all we want. That's all we want. 
Um, I, God, I really hope that... The, but by the way, what happened with this whole thing of Hyman was getting 7 times 7 and then all of a sudden it turned to, no, it's the Joss Anderson deal. So uh, apparently he did get higher offers. Uh, now, if I can find that tweet again, who tweeted it? But apparently Calgary were really close and I just have a feeling it might be Calgary or Vancouver who offered him that type of deal. Probably. Uh, and I wouldn't want to go to either of those teams right now. Fair. Go play with McDavid. Exactly. Like that's the good thing about Edmonton is if you pitch to the player that you're going to play with Connor McDavid, it's like, okay, I'll mm-hmm. come. But yeah, like I, we'll see. It seems pretty confirmed. Uh, it's either a seven or an eight year deal. Mm-hmm. That's so weird. So, so weird. You know, this is kind of weird, Daniel. Why in the world are teams not going to learn about giving too much term to a depth player? The New York Rangers have officially signed forward Barclay Goudreau after trading for his negotiation rights, uh, and they have inked him to a six-year deal. It is worth $21.85 million. The AAV is 3.642. Let's check if he wears number 42, guys. Mm. But, uh, I, I had two, um, There's two things that I brought up before, and it, I think it still makes sense here, is regency bias about what he's been able to do for a team for Tampa. And yes. because of that, it's about, you know, that mentality we, we talk about where a GM says, man, if we only had these guys, we only had these types of guys that play the top in the bottom nine. And they just, they just give us what we need in terms of grit or, you know, some secondary scoring depth. And, but the thing is like, yeah, it works if you already know who your core really is. And again, with the Rangers, there's so many moving parts. I still, see there where you know you have the Artemi Panarin you have the Mika Zibanejad but everybody else like with the exception of like Ryan Strom there are a lot of young guys that are still trying to figure things out that I don't think they're ready to compete yet but they get a guy like Barclay Goudreau to kind of give them that type of money to say like we want you to still play that same role and we want you to complement the core in some way you know what's weird too the Rangers uh so Frank Cervelli on um Oh, God, I always forget where, where is he now? Um, daily face off. Daily face off has this like it's icebreakers. I guess it's his version of 31 thoughts. He mentioned something I thought very interesting. Apparently the Rangers have been shopping Pavel Buznevich. And you're right. thinking, because he's arbitration eligible, right? Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, hmm. So you're giving the money in this term to this depth guy. And what about Booch? Well, concerned about the Rangers. Remember, Booch, there was the um, just before the roster freeze, there was a rumor going around about Buchnevich for Bo Bo Horvat, which in my eyes would have taken them out of the uh, Jack Eichel race, but that's maybe a different discussion. Um, Yeah, man, I don't know why you'd. Okay, I don't know about you guys. I would personally give that money to Buchnevich. It would like it would pretty. I think like obviously it'd be, it'd be a bit more, but you're like, yeah. man, what are you thinking here? Like you need the Rangers. I feel like they need depth. I think I think um, James Dolan called Chris Drury and said, "I want to be like the Islanders," and and Chris Drury said, "Well, I can't sign Casey Sezikis, Matt Martin, or um, Leo Komarov, but what I can do is get two-time Stanley Cup champion Barclay Goudreau." who is, he's not rough and tough, but he'll get in the corners if you need him to and sign him for that. I can't wait to see what Blake Coleman gets. I always forget, you know what Blake Coleman, the way he plays? 
I always forget he's only five foot ten, five foot eleven. He's feisty guy. Yeah. So if Barkley Goudreau gets that, what does like you're right? Like that increases Blake Coleman's. It I, should increase. I think Blake Callahan's Coleman's gonna be the guy that who missed out on Zach Hyman. They're gonna throw money at him. He'll be worth it. It's just yeah, yeah that's a weird one. And by the way, even if, if if the Oilers, we can talk about it here. If it, it this does finally end up happening and it is Hyman. The first four years, that's like great, yeah. fantastic. Him and McDavid are going to be. Mwah, I can't wait for for Hyman to get some hard votes. It's going to be great. Yeah, and you know what? That's the point. And like, I'm going to try and defend Ken Holland here because you know we should get both knives. You need like, and we we said for so long, get get McDavid help. Yeah, it's just those back four years. You you better hope there's a cup in your pocket by then. Is is all I'm gonna say? I swear, it's another thing. In like three, four years, the league is gonna be full of those dead deals, and it's gonna be a problem. And those compliance buyouts that you didn't want, owners are gonna you're gonna wish you had them soon. Because it, the league is starting to look real messy, real messy. I, I don't understand why GMs just can't control themselves. They just do it to. They just they continue to do it to themselves. Again, it's like. I'm not going to be here in eight years. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, and then half of them never win a cup or like 99% of them because one team wins a cup a year. And then it's like, yeah, Bill Guerin's left with the contracts oh of goodness, Zach Parise yeah. and Ryan Suter. <laughs> I, you know what? And it's really frustrating then when you have a good GM Yeah, and he builds, he basically Builds and then Breezeball fine tunes the back to back champ lightning. And then Iserman leaves Tampa, and you're like, great, the Atlantic is going to be in a better place for the rest of us. And then he goes to Detroit and he's done such a great job. I don't know what Carolina are thinking here. So Alex Nedeljkovic was traded to Detroit earlier. Carolina received UFA, Jonathan Bernier, and a third round pick. Fun fact, this third round pick is from the Thomas Tatar deal. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I looked on Cap Friendly about it because I'm like, why do they have a, a vague? Oh, it's it's Thomas Tatar. Yeah. So the trade tree is there. The and um, yeah. So, and then soon after, by the way, Detroit signed Adelkovitz to a two year deal, $3 million AAV. Apparently, Carolina weren't in love with the money that Adelkovitz could have asked for in, in arbitration. And Steve Eiserman basically said, how about you ask them why they would take this? What are you? Apparently, they offered him like one point five million dollars. What is going on in Carolina? Waddell is a good GM, but like even Iserman's like, I don't know. What's I, like they finally had their guy. Like even if he wasn't going to sign long term, and you still wanted to see what happens. Like it's it, in a weird way. It's like you got a guy that he's under team control. Yeah. He's it's not gonna. He's not asking for like six million dollars, and then. I don't know. You just kind of give it away. Because, like, who is their goalie now? It's going to go back to what? Peter Maz- uh, Peter Mrazic? No, no, no. No? Oh, Hear yes. Me out. It's, <laughs> it's going to be the greatest Leafs duo of all time. Jonathan Bernie and James Reimer. Mm-hmm. Think of it. They have, they're all, all three of their goalies are UFAs now. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? I, so, I don't necessarily think this is a Don Waddell thing. And I think this is more an ownership thing. I truly believe that uh, just because not that he's, he's not involved and he's not the same way. I can't remember his name. Tom, Tom Dundon. 
it's not the same as, you know, Eugene Melnick and his shenanigans. I, I just think the owner ownership has got a little more involved here because the, the whole thing happened with Rod Brindamore, right? And they're trying to, they're like, well, this is our price and we're not moving from it essentially. And the deal eventually got done. And then it's like, yeah, we're just not moving for Alex Nedeljkovic and now we're going to trade him. And I just, I, I don't see, I don't see the upside in that because the goaltending, we had this conversation when they lost goaltending has like, was not their issue this year. They had Alex Nedeljkovic and he played very fine in the playoffs. I, I just, I don't, again, I don't see. He just couldn't score. Right. <laughs> like, come on. I'm trying to figure out what exactly Tom Dunn has his business in. Um, oh, man. Started his own golf? firm, Dundon Capital Partners, and no. bought something in Dallas. It, it's uh, a golf It's a golf thing. Um, oh the, it's the golf store. What's the golf store? I can't think of. Daniel, do you know? Golf Town? No. Uh, Callaway? <laughs> I'm going to search it up. Putting Edge? No, not Putting Edge. <laughs> Dundon owns via the firm of... Uh, so Dundit owns via the firm of the majority of employer direct a healthcare service company, as well as stake in uh, Carvana, which top, is a car realtor. Top golf. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. So I was close. Golf, which people could, I mean, well, this, I, I don't know. It feels like there was all that raw, raw, about Hey, we're going to pay off. I remember how they were one of those teams who didn't fully pay their workers when COVID shut down, like all the arena were. They have $29 million in cap space. Yeah. Okay, who do we got to resign? Cedric Paquette, cool. Martin Nook, cool. McGinn, cool. Fogel, who is probably gone, or apparently that seems to be a thing of maybe not qualifying him. Svechnikov could cost you a lot. But Hawk and Paws, that can cost you a lot. Jake Bean, not going to cost you a lot. Dougie Hamilton's probably gone. And then your goalies, it, 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 you're right. It, all signs here point towards there's some sort of internal thing here because this is re- – the talent. He had an amazing year too, Nadalkovich. He was a Calder finalist. They he had a third basically for him. Needed this kind of player. Like He was good in the playoffs. He had that one stinker with that weird angle against, against Tampa, but – I just I don't know what the franchise that's been itching for a goalie for such a long time. You have this guy who's who's at the right perfect age for goalies, 25, bursting onto the scene. That's perfect. And they put so much into that guy too. Just to be clear, I don't know if it's an internal cap. I just think I've listened to interviews with Tom Dundon and he's very this is my thoughts and like he's very stick to what he thinks. I mean, uh, okay, so let, let's just – okay, Tampa Bay, $9 million goaltender, won the cup, one, two. Montreal, yeah, no, $10 million right. starter, okay. Um, the Islanders have, what, eight, $9 million between two guys or have in the past. They've always made the final four. Um, Vegas, you know what, two very well-paid goalies. I'm pretty sure their salaries are north of 10 together. Uh, man, if you want to win, you need goaltending, man. Uh, even if you don't agree and fully coach, like paying your, your coaches, um, this is just, I, I don't get it. And what a move for Detroit. From what I understand, they had a goaltending prospect, but uh, he, he's in the NCAA and has made it clear that he's finishing his NCAA um, time, which means he's going to be a UFA. Which got, how much of a terrible feeling must that be? It's like, hey, not great. 
I'm leaving. But good on Detroit as well, by the way. I hate Iserman so much. <laughs> so much. Get out He's, of here. I'm just looking at uh, who Very competent have. team. You know what I mean? They're not where they have they want to be yet, but it's it's very competent and very like you know, I mean, like it's like going to be growing pains, but it's not going to be as bad because a lot of those other deals are getting off the books. But they're getting these other guys like Nicoletti. They're getting Alex Nelkovich, who you know they're, they're going to give them a fighting chance. I mean, you talk about GMs making a mess because they're not going to be able to clean it up. Eiserman uh, has done an amazing job of cleaning up Ken Holland's mess, and Ken Holland right. somehow continues to make Peter Shirelli's mess worse. <laughs> It is amazing. I love it so much. Just the cycle is hilarious in this league. Hilarious. I just realized, forgot to mention, it was going to be at the top of the show. The Bucks, they won. Giannis, great guy. What was it? So the first player in NBA history to win most improved player, um, MVP, defensive player of the year, and finals MVP. And I believe he's 26. Yes. Dang. And he wasn't on a super team. He was on 18. And I love it. I love that story. The A team. The 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 team. My buddy had a long bet on him earlier, uh, like as the playoffs started to be finals MVP. So I text him like, "So what's up, buddy?" He's like, "I'm I'm at the bars already." I'm like, "Man, I I bet you were there before the money was deposited into your account." He's like, "Yeah." (laughs) Was that friend Mike? It's not Mike. Cameron, I I would have believed it. Cameron does not like that. No, it's my friend Owen. Donald Higney. Not Donald Higney. Happy belated birthday yes. to Donald, yes. by the way. Yes. That was yesterday. Good for him. Happy birthday, Donald. Yeah. We miss you. Although, also, this is a huge shout out to him. Check him out on yeah. the cool table on CGRU. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, uh, his podcast as well, which Alex yeah, yeah. and I have both been guests on. Even though my episode has dated incredibly poorly. I'm still <laughs> waiting for him to ask me, but he hasn't asked me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> on moving congratulations to Giannis and the Bucks that's let's and that's about all you get from other sports on this podcast we didn't that's talk about fun. F1 this week actually yeah or baseball yeah it was a racing incident by the way wasn't wasn't Lewis's fault get over it I Twitter during like it. sorry I didn't I didn't get to watch it Really, I, I didn't. I saw what happened, but uh, I didn't get to watch it live. I mean, not. I I was thinking, but then I just saw lap one instant. I'm like, oh, cool. All right, ten second penalty, and Lewis still pulls out the win because he's that good. Even though I did kind of cry seeing that Charles was ahead for fifty laps. <laughs> what a that great drive! If imagine if Ferrari were decent and we'd have like this three way title fight, it would be just good, solid, good stuff. Kind of like I know we rip on this team as well, but the Yotes. Acquire Shane Goss's bear along with some 2022 picks being a second and a seventh. We talked about it a bit earlier. Um, what do the Flyers get in re- return? Nothing. They get cap space. So all of a sudden, the Coyotes have seven second round picks over the next two drafts. That's not bad. And if they, listen, by the way, if they have an internal cap, I haven't seen exactly what Goss's bear got to be here. I will. I'll tell you. Putting the notes together and constantly spelling Gosses Bear and Adelkovich. Ghost not, Bear. Not great. Um, uh, yeah. If they I have heard. an internal cap, by the way, and it's like money, and it's like maybe there's a word about, you know, Christian Dvorak. I'll, I'll take that. But yeah, a really solid return for Arizona here, and and, and at the same time, Gosses Bear finally gets that change of scenery he's needed for about three years. 
Um, yeah, he, so $1 million this year, then a 2.25 signing bonus next July and then $1 million. It's a cap hit of 4.5. Yeah. So not bad. I think it's a good deal for both sides here. Yep. The Coyotes again, get more picks. Maybe they'll use some of those seconds to get back in the first round. I don't know. Apparently that is the plan. Yeah. It's gonna suck though. It's, it's gonna be like a late first, and then they're gonna just see that eleven. It's like that pick has been forfeited. What if? Because obviously the first round is only thirty-one selections because Arizona is is gone. Yeah. What if their whole plan was to shorten the draft order to move up a certain selection? That doesn't make sense. But anyway, <laughs> maybe you want the thirtieth overall pick. Yeah, because historically, like those late. First, go for like a second and like two seconds or like something. Like, I'm just yeah. thinking of like other drafts like that. This is the time of year when you don't just look at the second first round tag. You look at the selection order. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, good. Because then it's like, yeah, the late first rounders are sick. Early second rounders. An early second rounder is, an, is a late first rounder. It's like, what are we doing here? Get the stuff sorted out, ladies and gentlemen. The Carolina Hurricanes are just I'm, – I'm not over that in the Delicates period. I'm just not over it. You know, so the draft's tomorrow night. Is it yeah. better or worse? Okay, first off, your reaction tells me everything that no one had an idea that this was going <laughs> I on. I saw the yeah. commercial today. Horrible ad. Like this is the marketing department in ESPN, uh, NHL, and Sportsnet. Like get together and figure this out because like this is the third event in a row that's happened. And no one seems to have a clear idea of what's going on. <laughs> like, that's not great. And it's, it's, it's one of the biggest, like, you know, what's kind of funny is all of a sudden you can look at tomorrow and be, we could have a Seth Jones trade. Yeah. Like we're waiting for some shenanigans here too. So I it just, there's, there's a bit of, a bit of zest there, a bit of zest. Some big news in the world of junior hockey though. Uh, two notes stats we talk about the CHL. First off, this is from John Shannon. So nice that he finally got verified, by the way, so you know it's him. Uh, long rumored, now official. The Canadian Hockey League announces today a new multi-platform, multi-year deal broadcast right partnership that will make TSN, LDS, and CBC the home of the CHL. Um, and before we quickly go to some other news that Dragger broke, uh, sports that kind of afterwards were like, we're, we really enjoyed working with the CHL. And I would forgive anyone who didn't know that the CHL and Sportsnet had some sort of relationship because I've seen them put up the Memorial Cup, maybe like the occasional Oshawa Gens game, and that's it. I actually forgot the series. Hmm? The Super Series. I think a lot of what they did was uh, the local Rogers channel. Like, I'm, but. Then why? Why are you paying for it if that's all you're going to do? Like, you got some great minds who could honestly talk about the CHL. Like, a guy like Mike Fuda, who was he not? Did he not run the scouting in LA? I think he did, yeah. Like, you got Jeff Merrick, you have um, <laughs> Sam Cosentino. Like, you have the guys there to do it. And I mean, Sam Cosentino is going to be there either way. Like, just do the like, right? Because he that's what he does. I assume for most of the years, watch yeah. CHL games. Like, Eric or like the King. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I feel like as soon as they got the the NHL rights or the national Canadian rights, it that just kind of went down the drain for them. 
it's really funny that if you want if you watch sports that you basically get tennis, the Jays, and the national games. They don't even have tennis. They just so that's no, TSN too. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah, it's poker, darts, weightlifting sometimes. Is there axe throwing in there? Uh sometimes axe throwing baseball. baseball. Right? It's like um, sports net where like listen, we want the national hockey rights and that's it. And then the TSN, I didn't realize this until lately. I've, I've realized every other time I want to watch another sport, I'm around the sports channels. I'm like, oh, wait, no, TSN have all of them. Yeah. Yeah, everything that's not hockey, Yeah, basically. It, it's once, cool. Yeah. Once, the, uh, once Sportsnet lost the Premier League rights, it's, I, I don't even know what's on. It's just like, it, so it's not on. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, too soon, too soon. Uh, it's really if they ever lose the national rights back to Bell, oh, you know those memes are coming. By the way, oh, yeah, it's brutal. It's uh, it's also kind of it. It is kind of cool that it's finally on the same network as the World Juniors. I always thought that was a obviously double IHS stuff. Double IHF stuff's a lot different, but um, I, I don't know. I just I've always wanted to spend more time watching the CHL and maybe you know see how we go here. Uh, some other news out of the CHL. This is from Darren Dreger. Uh, CHL sources say final details are being worked out with the NHL that will allow junior eligible players who played 20 or more AHL games last season to return to the AHL next season. Rather than back to their major junior club, bit more complicated, but that's the gist of it. I'm not going to lie. When I first saw this tweet, I started reading. I thought, yes, we're finally getting full eligibility. And you keep reading. I was like, okay, no, just this year. Um, So the AHL is going to be great again next year. And then it sounds like you may be going back to normal. And it's like NHL or OHL, good. Like who would that even affect for next year if they play 20 games in the AHL? Jan Mishak. Oh, yes. Check captain. Did Quinton, it would Quinton Byfield be eligible next year? I'll double check, but I know he. Uh, he yeah, yeah, he would. He would. Uh, so. Jimmy Drysdale? Oh, no, he's already 20, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, he, he might be because he's played, what, two World Juniors now? Oh, where is he? Here. He is 19. He'll be 20 in eight, next April. Oh, wow. Now, geez. Wow. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, he was. He. He made the World Junior team before he was drafted. Oh no, yeah, yeah, because but he was like seventh D, yeah, because they have that super predictable way of developing players. Anyway, they should just do this moving forward. Like, not not get rid of the twenty games. You should be able to keep prospects in the AHL. Like, even if it's like, okay, we can keep three. You can keep three prospects per se, guys who would be eligible for the CHL. But it like that that rule. But it's like there's guys who should be in the AHL developing rather than developing in the CHL. I just think overall it's better for their development. But can, what do we, I know? can we talk about how it's been 26 minutes and the NHL schedule has not been released still? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm I getting the, really annoyed about that. And people NHL's, are too on Twitter. Just having a day. Why is Darren Dreger joking about that? Stop it, dude. Like, Give me the schedule. God, the league, the league. By the way, it's great when you watch the first ESPN via broadcast, and it's and it's basically oh, oh it's this, at six thirty. It's at six thirty. Oh, it's at six thirty. Yeah, they pushed it back. They what? announced that at six o'clock. 
but I so don't you, know why. It was important to let us know that, oh, hey, there's room for the Olympics, but there's still nothing yet, but you can't give us what we actually all want to know yet. That's cool. That's great. Update with the Olympics. There is no update. I Here's my prediction. They don't go to the Olympics. Yeah, well, you, You've been saying that since they signed the CBA and said, yeah, we're totally <laughs> going to go to the Olympics. I'll be optimistic about it. That <laughs> I hope they go to the The players Olympics. like, we're going. We all know which league this is, right? I know, but there is hope. I want to be optimistic. Trust me. Kyle Dubas spoke to the media today, talked about optimism. Um, He was optimistic about next year, and it really feels like he's going down with the group. Um, If they lose in the first round, is he getting fired? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone. I think uh, Chris Johnson alluded to that when he said this has last dance vibes. Yeah, everyone's fired. Maybe except Keith, but I think Keith, I think Shanahan, I think Dubis, I think they're all gone. I honestly do. And Mark Hunter finally oh. rises from the Not, ashes. If, no, if no, Mark he's Hunter, staying in London. If Mark Hunter is the next general manager of the Leafs, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? We're going to draft Igor Korshkov. That's this is going to be our next draft. He didn't go for size. I don't know. Remember, like, he kept going for size. It was, like, Dakota Joshua, mm-hmm. Keenan Middleton. Yeah. Uh, okay. By the way, we're a few yes. days removed from it now. Um, how are you guys? Am I the only one who's getting a bit sick of all this Jared McCann stuff? No. Um, I just like the jokes that I could now add him to my Leafs Legends roster. Yeah, I got you, Daniel. Yeah, you got me. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> um. Listen, man, like I'm just I'm not I'm over it because it's like it happened. I'm not happy about it. But Dubis, listen, Dubis said it today. He seems to think Justin Hall is irreplaceable. And maybe at that price tag, there's an argument to make. I just I honestly feel like Justin Hall is a good defenseman. But playing next to Jake Muzzin very much helps. You have a smile on your face. What's so funny? I don't know if you can hear it, but I accidentally wound a little bit of the, the music playing koala. I thought oh. that was an ice cream truck or something. Oh. No, so I was uh, trying to keep that under wraps. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I just I feel like there are guys out there who you can play next to Justin uh, to Jake Muzzin, and it will go just as well. Because having Jared McCann could be very helpful. I, I know that, that he not that he's yeah. a playoff performer per se, because he apparently has zero goals in the playoffs. Fine. It's just depth. That's it. Mm-hmm. I know James Merle wrote about it where I don't I don't it was kind of like a I, I didn't really kind of take his example. Oh no. Oh oh no. Is oh, Daniel gone? Oh no. So. I'll pause it's it been up. so long. He kind of mentioned oh, how. Oh my god! Daniel, hello. Wait, no, I'm back. Sorry, yeah, oh, okay. it pause, like, See that yeah, all yeah. again. No, no, I thought just you had start died. from the start from the beginning. Okay, okay. And just go now. Yeah, yeah, go. I'm okay, yeah. Just, uh, I never yeah stopped. <laughs> James Myrtle kind of like he he mentioned this this like one example, and I didn't really kind of take it to heart. Where he said, "Remember when we tried Tyson Berry beside Jake Muzzin? It just never worked." And then he's like, "You need someone." like a Justin Hall that could absorb that many minutes and 
give that chemistry with Jake Muzzin. That's What's why he's valuable. Hall? What's Justin Hall? That's the thing. It's like he wants to keep like what's not broke in a way. It didn't work with Tyson Berry because Tyson Berry, you you put Tyson Berry in the worst position possible. Yeah, playing Tyson Berry up against the best, your best guys, because you weren't doing that with Riley, like against the opponent's best guys. It's like, yeah, that's not going to work. We already have had evidence of that. Mm -hmm. Like. It's like, well, let's think about it like this, because like, who who do you see if they were to lose Hall? Like, who takes that spot? Let's just say, let's let's play, let's rewind, say whatever, Hall's gone. Like, who takes that spot? I feel like I know the guy, and I'm going to know the answer here, but. It could have been Travis Dermott. Like, why not try it? Yeah, I mean, he's, what is it, 1.5 million with that new contract? Yeah. yeah. Did you and think I was going to say Dougie Hamilton? No, no, no. Oh, I was okay. gonna say no, he's going to Colorado. We already know that. No, no. I thought one of the young defensemen. Because no, it, it's very much made it clear today that they're going to get a shot. And Zach like, Bogosian. I mean, he's gone. I'm so upset at that. Blame Ford. It sounds like that's why. I will blame Ford for a lot of things. Uh, I believe the schedule has been released. Uh, opening night for the 2021-2022 season will be October 12th, and it'll be a double header on ESPN. The Penguins versus the uh, the Penguins versus the Lightning, and the Kraken versus the Golden Knights. Okay, so the big U.S. markets, I get it. Exactly. Uh, where the hell's the Canadian? I wonder who the Habs are opening against. God. Probably the Leafs. If I just had to take a guess. See, you say that. They they never do. I remember a couple of years ago they had the Kings. It was like what? what? Yeah. Like home opener or like home what? opener or opening night? Home opener. It was the Kings were in town. Oh, ridiculous! Okay. I, I I hope it's someone good. Give us like Winnipeg or something. I'd love to. I love. Oh, because that would be. <laughs> I forgot. Never mind. Shifley won't be there because he still has a game to be. Oh yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, here. It is opening night. The first two nights uh, for October twelfth. I already told you Wednesday, October thirteenth. Leafs versus uh, Canadians. Blackhawks versus Avalanche. Oh, Rangers versus Capitals. Someone thought oh, this yeah. was a great idea and went with it. Is is sir that that Leafs game? It's in Montreal. Uh, I. I'm going to assume because they're the team on the left. It freaking better be. Okay, good. Wait, wait. The Leafs are? On no, the, left? the Canadians are on the left. I thought normally it was. Whatever. We'll find out. We'll find I don't, out. I'm well, not we'll sure. know for sure. I don't. Oh, help me. If they start the year on the road again, I'm going to I'm gonna flip. <laughs> I will click and I'll read it. And then the Canucks versus the Oilers. Because. Why not? They to fill Canadian teams. Where, what's Calgary doing? They're facing. Wait, so are you telling me no Canadian teams play the first two nights of the season? Well, no, four teams play on the second night. Oh. They don't play on the first night, yeah. I I love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised, but I love it. So this is what they have uh, on the Olympic break in the schedule. No final agreement or decision has been made to this point regarding the possible participation of NHL players in the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. Talks remain ongoing. And then there's a whole spiel. That's annoying. 
I want the full schedule. We want the details. Uh, yeah. Just like we want the real Seattle team. I don't. I just want to know the official homeowner. I don't give a crap about the normal season. I don't care about that. I just think why call why Chicago, Colorado against yes, yeah, big market Chicago Central. film. I don't like that. I really oh Canadian season. Oh no, it's still season. No, it's it's in. God damn it, it is in Toronto. Wait a minute. Is it- NHL season openers. It's saying Montreal no, it's at Tor- Leafs, and then it says yeah. Leafs at Canadian. Oh no, so it is no, in Toronto. It's in Toronto. Oh yeah, you know I love when the last game of the season is in Toronto, and then the, the first game is in Toronto. They never start on the god. They never start in Montreal. It's they so are, annoying. They are playing. Uh, oh, they play their next game at home. In the set, they play the against the, the Rangers. Montreal. Yeah. Uh, no, they're pl- oh no, never mind. They're playing away first two games and then they're at home what? against the Rangers. No, so they play Toronto. Yeah. Then the next night, Toronto and Montreal play again. Montreal plays Buffalo, and then they come home Saturday Good. and play the Rangers. So they start the year on a three-game road trip, two, and then two game, two game, and then they have a home opener against the Rangers. Correct. <laughs> What's that? What are you? T- that's so true. That's trash. That is absolute trash. So at least it's a Saturday night game. That's such. I hate that. Yeah, Saturday. It will be. They better be like it's no. I just like personally, the atmosphere at the Bell Center. You imagine is going to be great, right? Like after like how great the year was, and like you finally get to see like the team full capacity. Welcome, like all the guys. Like I know it's the Rangers. Like it's the Rangers. They're they'll yeah, be original a step forward, but it's just like. You couldn't have done Tampa or like the Leafs again and just done. So clearly they're not doing the mini series anymore. Uh, no. I, they might be because the Leafs third, uh, third and fourth game is Ottawa. If I looked at it correctly. I'm yeah. It's like sure. Thursday, Saturday. I, just, I hope, I hope they do it, man. If they know anything about, uh, Hey, okay. We still have stuff to talk about actually. Yeah. I'm sure we get to that. Um, Anything else from Dubas's press conference? I think, yeah. I commend the man for for uh, doing what he's doing in terms of dying on the hill of these four guys. Yeah. Uh, I was re-listening to the SDP, the episode Marner signed. Man, it's age. Why would you do that to yourself? It just showed up in my recommended feed. Oh, and I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. It doesn't right. affect me. I wasn't upset about it. No, I just... Well, I was annoyed about all the coverage, but, you know. Everyone was the Kraken. I just checked their schedule. Yeah, their first five games are on the road. Yeah, because yeah. their well, arena is not ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The and first it's against home... the Canucks, right? Yeah, it's the first home game. Makes sense. Why can't you have done it with? Is <sighs> Vancouver, Montreal, Minnesota, New- uh, Rangers, and then they're back on the road against Edmonton? Okay. Well, um, we should probably keep going here. We should. And we should look at um, – we'll finish off just with Mark Bergevin and talking. Um, we can cover more exactly about Hall and Hyman once that stuff is kind of official because, again, we're still waiting. Um, so the Habs, uh, obviously they lose Hayden Fleury in the expansion draft. What do you need to know about him? Uh, beside Josh Brook, I don't think they have any more right-handed defensive prospects. Like, they're all left-handed. So it's like, ah, cool. 
it's Jeff Petrie. And uh, that's obviously going to be a big need. Um, so that'll be interesting. Also, I kind of wanted to bring up here. Um, you remember how hush-hush it was about Seattle's uh, head coach stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like yeah. no one knew it was going to be Hackstall. Yeah. And how it, the only reason everything got leaked yesterday was because obviously everyone knew because agents and like every like everyone in the league probably knew, right? So is it not kind of strange for some reason how everything about the owner saying yes and Seattle really considering price all came out publicly? Is it weird? Yeah. A little bit. I just, yeah. you know, maybe it was a bit of um, playing chicken is all. I, um, I think that's exactly He's like, I dare you to take him. Yeah, and he didn't. And Bergevin is all of a sudden a genius. I think both sides were using the media to their advantage. And it, I mean... This was the result. Um, th- three big sort of talking points coming out of Mark Bergevin today. Um, perhaps hired a new assistant coach anyway out of Windsor, like the Spitfires, former head coach. Um, it's not defined what his new role is, so like, and you can't really say quite yet. You know, Burroughs still needs to be resigned anyway. Is he essentially replacing Burroughs because Burroughs is going to the A? Well, they uh, see that's what's weird because they hired um, they hired Rajon Ul's son. Um, who's been like a coach around to be the new head coach in Laval. So I don't know if they're sending Burroughs down. Well, no, because Ducharme said he expects Burroughs to be on the staff. Right. So I, I don't know what they're going to do. It's really weird because like they have a video culture already. So yeah. I, I, it's going to be really interesting how like the roles are sort of divvied up because it made it very much sound like young guy. Good. He uh, what's coincidentally, apparently he worked as an assistant under Ducharme when he won um gold at the world juniors and the guy's name by the way should probably should have mentioned that uh trevor lazowski lazowski not exactly former nhler defenseman played a couple hundred games good player um god what's it with montreal and those gritty defensemen everywhere 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 anyway um the big three talking points coming out of montreal first off carry price is expected to be out six to eight weeks with whatever surgery he's exactly getting um, and apparently Seattle were not happy that the medical information was not fully exposed to them. So I don't care. Suck it. <laughs> um, the second big thing, Jonathan Druin is expected to return. Apparently he's doing really well. Uh, that's lovely to see. Finally, though, and this is the tough one, Shea Weber will not play next year. And Bergevin said he doesn't think he's coming back at all. Oh. Um, that's wrong. Which is sad. Sorry? No, it is rough. It just, again, the way he plays, how consistent he's always been, the captain he is, and he's so close. I, I know. I, I mean, listen, over 1,100 games played in playoffs included, just a complete warrior on the ice. And you think how much he did and how much he played in those last 22 playoff games? Incredible. And obviously, they're going to try and fill that hole, but it, it's it's – it's as Bergevin said, you don't, you can't just replace Shea Weber. It's going to be and, rough. And I think it makes the press conference at the end, at the end of the finals, that much more meaningful yeah. because I, I think a lot of people saw it and said, you know, next year, we'll see what happens next year. And it, I, I do think he had an idea mm-hmm. that something was not right uh, in terms of an injury with 
his hand. I, I think it was his hand, his knee and his ankle. And it makes that press conference. It, it just makes sense. It makes it make sense. Mm-hmm. Shea Weber. Um, freaking hell of a career, by the way. Um, whenever the announcement is official, we'll have a look back. But um, the captain through and through. A lot of respect for Shea Weber. Especially when you think back about how he wasn't playing the best in the regular season. And you, no wonder. Probably, I mean, I can't imagine what it was like regular life for him and how important the surgery is going to be. Um, you know what's really annoying when we're about to finish recording is when you see there's a new thingy of insider trading. It's like, great. Thank you very much, guys. Um, but we'll talk about that later because we've covered an awful lot. Next time we see you guys, we're recording Sunday, right? Yes, we are. So the draft will have happened. The first and second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. And then we'll be prepping for free agency, and um, which is kind of cool. Prediction. Will it be worse or better than last year? It better be better. Will it be worse or better than last night? That's better. Not a, the bar I mean, that's, that yeah, that's a pretty low bar. It's pretty bad. I'm just asking. Yeah, I'm guessing ESPN are doing the draft. Things cool. are going to be leaked before players know that they signed the contract. <laughs> they don't Everybody usually knows. get they don't usually get leaked before a draft, right? That's not a. I know that no, happens they, in other sports, but Sarah, like normally, Cosentino has an idea. Yeah, but no, it's never leaked. Like this is for sure going to happen. But it's yeah. it's the NHL draft is good. I would be really mad if that started happening in the NHL. Because Daniel, you might know this better than me. It happens sometimes in basketball, does it not? Like I see Woj drop the occasional uh, draft bomb. Oh, yeah, he's usually, like, one of those guys is the first one. But, like, I mean, to a certain extent, it was kind of like that in 2020, but not to the Woj kind of oh, okay. extent. Like, you remember Elliot Freeman was faster than the broadcast? Mm-hmm. Oh, what? That might have just been because he was there. Or yeah. Was, I don't know. Whatever. But, like, the Woj ones sometimes are, like, even before Adam Silver's, like, we have a trade yeah. to announce, he, yeah. it, they already have, he already has yeah, the details. Yeah. That's what I meant. Okay. Well, uh, that's it for today. Fun show. Action-packed show. Can't wait for the next show. We're winding down here. Probably not many two-episode weeks left. Probably after next week. Probably none. I miss you guys. We might even have a Wednesday episode, depending on how things go. Miss you too, Daniel. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Voice Ed, great platform. As always, love you. Check out all our social medias, the show social medias, YouTube, TikTok, all that kind of lovely stuff. Alex's blog, my YouTube channel, Daniel's stuff with the high opener, hockey writers, and CJRU, and all that stuff. And we will see you Sunday for the draft, and hopefully there are big trades and such. There will be. Bye, guys.